0: This week's episode is brought to you by your local Losteo and Sports Medicine Clinic. Hopefully you don't need it as much as the Avs do lately.
1: Safe to say this top line is the best in the league? Yeah, we are. As Makar jumps in, (laughs) moves it and shoots back!
0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I'm Steph, and you're locked into Burgundy Radio for May 3rd, 2021, which is somehow still a regular season show. Good God! After a week where the ads start dropping like flies again, only this time it's to a bunch of accidents. But help may be on the way. We'll tell you who I'm talking about, but not before we introduce our usual disembodied voices of the week. Hello to Earl of Six. Hello, friends. Hello to Tiger Vixen. Hello, hello, and hello to you we are listening again in to Hockey Show in May. Hello. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us. On Monday, Avs lose 4-1 in St. Louis to the Blues, which was a game where they just looked awful. But underlying numbers tell a really different story. Like, somehow they only allowed 20 shots on goal and took 32 of their own, and the fancier numbers were just as tilted. But particularly in the first half of the game, they just looked checked out. Uh, Nathan McKinnon got the only goal on the power play. Jonas Johansson let in 4 on 20, which is nice, but bad. This stunk. It's yeah, so another that was... one of
2: their worst games of the year that they have, about every two weeks.
3: Well, I, I, the thing about this game is um, the the shot metrics were nice and they they had been going in the wrong direction for a while. So you're like, okay, we're, we're back to being able to shoot a lot, but not score. And I guess that's okay.
2: I hated this one because of the lack of engagement. This is the one where you could definitely say that McKinnon was probably, I'd even say lazy in this one. There were a lot of times where he would try a play and it wouldn't work, and he would like just visibly pout on the ice. He would just stop. <laughs> he would just be like, "All right, I'm done with this." There was one on the power play, and it was is I believe it was to end the first period. Yeah, and and he tried the pass they do all the time, like the cross ice pass, and it gets picked off high in the zone. Yeah, he flubbed. It. I don't think
0: sometimes you flub the puck. It happens.
2: I don't think the Blues player got it. Completely clean because or else they would have just like turned and went up the ice and me. Well, there it yeah. is. So I, I think even the blue player had to like kind of clutch it a little bit. Yeah, he was McKinnon he was trying,
0: trying to pick off a hard pass. Is is yeah. like the whole key to this whole thing is McKinnon tried to make a good pass and the Blues player tried to stop a good pass and probably would have succeeded, but McKinnon kind of like healed it and the, the Blue was like up uh, uh, and then just kind of barely handled it, but McKinnon was already checked out of the play.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> exactly. And there was like at that point there was still 10 seconds left like McKinnon acted like it was like a delayed penalty or something where as soon as the other team touches it, the plays blown dead so you don't have to do anything about it. And it was like, dude, there's still 10 seconds left. If he stick handles one more time and corrals that he's going on a shorthanded rush. And you were just like, all right, well, I'm done here. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and it wasn't just once. He was like that the whole game. And he he certainly wasn't the only one. But his yeah. attitude, I think, definitely led the charge in that one. He just, you know, it was the end of a long road trip. Everyone was sick of the blues. I get it, whatever. But it was just like, I was they sure just sick threw of the blues. this game yeah. straight yeah. in the bin.
3: Even Pete was sick of the blues. And he he, he likes everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah this was a really hard game to to sit through. i I, I was I was really just kind of just stunned, to be honest, to see how those numbers ended up turning out just because the team could did not look like they had any presence on the ice whatsoever. Like I don't know how much of this was just that St. Louis also stunk. like this game had really big October energy to me where no one could do anything. Um, but it was, it was, it was just so hard to watch. And, uh, it was, if we can get some saves to happen, it might make a difference. Like Bennington made some saves and St. Louis won. There you go.
1: Yeah.
3: No. And it's, it was, for me, it's weird because like, I, I generally can't watch school night games alive. Um, and this one was on early enough I could. And it just it it felt weird. It was daylight out, there was hockey being played, it just everything everything seemed like it was wrong. And
2: yep. this was the one JoJo played, right? Yes. Yeah. And I yeah. know that we had said they were serious about giving him a look, they would play him, so I still think it was fine. I there's some people freaking out that they didn't play Dubnik in this one. It was like you know, there's not a huge difference between those two, so whatever. Not really. No, there sure isn't.
0: And, but then like, it was like they gave him, like, said, you know, okay, let's see if you can do better against this team than than Dubnik can, and then he couldn't, and now he's back with the Eagles.
2: Well, no. Not anymore.
0: That That got reversed today? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to uh, that point in time then, I guess, because right now we still have to get through Wednesday when Colorado head to Vegas and look just 20 times better. Uh, but they take a goaltending loss to the Golden Knights, 5 to the final, Devon Doom Nicolaus 4 on 26, while Marc-Andre Fleury stops 35 of 37, and that's really the story for me. Uh, the only time Colorado didn't yeah, like, co- control play in this game was when Liam O'Brien and Martin Kout were out, because those guys weren't on the ice for a single shot attempt in Vegas's direction, but they were on for a bunch against, and that would be it for Kout; He's back on the AHL roster, and O'Brien hasn't played since either, although some of that's because of uh, some Avs players coming back, although, yes, Kiefer Sherwood is still starting. Oh, who scored for the Avs? Uh, Devon Taves and Ryan Graves. But yeah, goaltending loss. Go. <laughs> I yeah, feel when
3: Fleury's like... like making saves with his glove behind his back and stuff like that, you're just like, yeah, you know, it's not really our night. But um, I, again, with the shot metrics, I like the way they control play. Um, it's just it. This is this was sort of a much better process than we saw on Monday, and well, they were definitely shows they can...
2: more engaged. They were more yeah. I and I knew they would be because then this game was, I guess you could say, important because it's for first place, whatever. So I knew they'd be fired up, they'd be more engaged, and they were. But I don't, I don't think this was like a good game. They just got goalied in, either. I'm, I'm not going that far.
0: No, well, it was, it was the opposite. They, they goalied themselves. Like they, <laughs> Vegas scored four goals on, on a goalie. One of them. Um, one of them was a buckle. One, yeah. of, I mean, like, come on. He's. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do?
3: It's sort of like JoJo lets in the goal in the first shot, and Dumnick gets one off his ass every. It's just it. That's sort of their their hallmarks.
0: Man, Mark Stone was jacked to score that buckle. <laughs> and I can't say I blame him. I probably would no. be too because it's hilarious.
2: And yeah, Dubnik wasn't great in this one. Like the first one was—it was that was Sam had the turnover, but he did cut off. He did come back and at least cut off the angle, and Dubnik just let that one in. And the the worst one. This was the game where. What the Avs got it back to three to two. They had a power play late in the second, didn't score on it. Then a little bit left to start the third, and they it wasn't a shorty, but it was right after the power play expired, and it was that completely gross. I don't know what you want to say, like rush and Dubnik wasn't even in. He was barely even in the right side of the crease. Yeah, that and was left the, the two on one wide open. Yeah. It was,
0: yeah. It was a two on one. And and Taves, like, did not make any effort to take the pass away.
3: No, he looked like Comfer. It was terrible.
0: <laughs> and Dubnik acted like there was not a second skater bearing down on him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. He just, he had shaded so far over to that right side, or maybe his left, whatever you want to call it, that. And and we've talked before about how he's not the fastest guy. So I don't even know what he was thinking about. Like, okay, if there's anybody even in the vicinity of the other side of the net, what are you going to do?
3: Well, he's thinking like, my only chance to not have a goal pass me on this one is if I stop the shooter. And it's like, hopefully Taves is going to take out the pass. <laughs> right? And it just didn't right. happen, you know?
2: But it was that <clears> change <throat> of momentum that I think really encapsulated this game. It was like, the second periods are always their periods, So, of course, they they went to work. They dug themselves out of the hole. They, they looked like they were do- doing things, getting shots, you know, whatever. Then the butt goal happened. Then And then you just give away a tarot That was the fourth goal. Just, you had a power play. And I know that you can look at the statistics. You can say, well, they'd already had a power play goal, blah, blah, blah. That is when it, a bad power play costs you a game.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, I look at that power play that they had at the end of the second period, and I was like, that is the chance that they had to, you know, tie this game up going into the third. And, you know, it would have been totally different. I mean, they might have still lost by the same score, or they, they might have lost five to three, but.
2: And then you combine not, that. Not, with creating, that... Yeah,
3: not creating, yeah, not creating anything on that power play. I just, I, I think that was, that was really kind of a killer.
2: Yeah. And then, and then you follow that up with just that disgusting, nasty goal they gave up. And it's just yeah. like that, that's the story here. And we've been talking for a few weeks, like they're a good team. And, and when we talk about the Sharks games, yeah, they, they finally looked more like themselves, beat a bad team, you know, great. Everyone can be happy, but it's about the playoffs and my concern still is a lot of the same problems that have hurt them in the playoffs are coming back up and i just don't think it's something you can just say don't they're a good team don't worry about it it's not a big deal or you know when they get to the playoffs they'll they'll have it fixed it's just like it doesn't work that way Yeah. And we'll see. You know, I I hope I'm wrong. It's not like I'm going to be happy if I'm right, if we're sitting there again and, like, look, they haven't scored a power play goal in a couple games. (laughs) And here we are.
0: Well, it it helps, I think, think, that they got some guys off of the COVID list
2: for the next set of games.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, Miko does make a huge difference.
0: So that that's gonna be part of this because when when your your top power play has JT Comper on it, you just you're, you're basically hoping that the other four can get it done.
2: That <laughs> and that's their own doing. <laughs> I could seriously think of probably about eight different solutions I would have made, even without Miko. You you should never have to put Comper like I. It makes no sense. We know that Bednar sees something in Comfort that I think has vacated a while ago. But when you've played him on the fourth line for most of this season, I don't know how you sit there in the coach's room and justify hey, we're gonna go with him on power play one because Miko's out. I it's don't I even, not, it's it's putting, even putting him coach, where they did on the power play. Even in like coach reality, I don't get where you arrive at that.
3: I mean they put him in the bumper spot which is a guy that handles the puck a lot and has to make quick decisions whether to shoot or to pass back out and you know it's like that that's not that that's not easy it's it's not something you can just drop a guy into and have him perform and you're just looking at it like what what's going on here and i realize it's just one game and you know you're getting a bunch of guys back so.
2: Well, he's also not good on the boards, and it's really important for power play one to be able to maintain that possession. That that the guys in the middle of the ice are able to go behind the net and help help out keep possession. And that that's like one of the reasons why they take Burakovsky off power play one. And he's not the greatest at keeping possession like that.
0: Plus, he gives us no. the, the second unit a actual threat that can score.
2: Which is another good reason, but you need to have yeah should, there's just so many more better options for power play one like if if someone goes down in the playoffs and that's your solution again that that's going to be another reason why you're going to be playing golf by june
3: well it's and it's also tough that you know Nas is just in the worst slump ever and cuz he would have been that that used to be his job where comfer was
2: well i mean he just, even still deserves it more than comfer
3: Right, and it's like if you want to get him back going, then you know maybe that's something that helps out. Um, you know, and I, I, I'm not second guessing Benra on this as far as using NAS there, but you know it, it, you needed to do something different because it it just that wasn't working.
0: No, well, neither is this. But mm-hmm. I mean, kind of kind of another big factor in this in this Vegas game. Um, was that it was one of the worst games that Sam Gerrard has played all season, um, but he's going to escape much criticism for that because th- then he blew up his leg the next next game, so no longer important. <coughs> um, on Friday, uh, Philip Grubauer, Miko Ranson, and, and Jonas Donskoy come back to the lineup from the COVID list. And no big deal, just a shutout for Group Hour, an empty net goal and two assists for Miko, and an assist and three shots for Donskoy as the Avs win 3-0. You think those guys matter? Yes. Uh, Gabe Landeskog and Cale McCarr both scored power play goals here, and man, Cale McCarr was just a man on fire in this game, eh? Yeah. Uh, but the other story of this game was whack injury luck. Ryan Graves skates in to challenge Evander Kane, who's digging for a puck in the crease and cocks his elbow back to get stick leverage and Graves just skates face first into that elbow. What on earth?
2: I looked at it a couple yes. times. I don't think it was completely intentional, but he okay, Graves is 6'5 to get your arm up that high to begin right with, <laughs> is one thing and I don't think graves was all that hunched i i think kane could feel that there was like pressure maybe someone coming behind him i don't think like his thought process was i'm gonna elbow this guy in the face but i think he knew that he was gonna throw his arm against some of that pressure so is the end result something sort of fluky probably but you know it is what it is
3: yeah, I mean, I, I think that if you're digging for a puck in front of the net, that's fairly common response. <clears throat> um, yeah,
2: I'm not just... gonna get. I don't get up on my, you know, dirtiness high horse. If yeah, if I feel like something's super dirty, you will know about it. But I'm not gonna
3: right complain too much he, about it. He this probably one. made ten dirtier plays during that
0: game. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate, but it wasn't like, yeah, the dirtiest thing you'll ever see. No,
0: right. Um, but, but graves. Yeah, just,
2: I
3: mean, it, it it graves. It just hit graves. You know, right, perfectly. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it, square. We don't. Face.
3: We don't really know exactly what happened, but uh, it, it's. And we never. I did see safely. his
2: reaction. Did he skate immediately off, or was it just like he was just done after? his... Next shift, just because I'm taking a break from altitude, and let's just say the sharks broadcast had no, they didn't notice.
0: Um, so yeah, he took that elbow in, in the chops and went down, and kind of did that whole "oh, I'm broken" kind of thing, and then the, mm, the, yeah. the and then the whistle blew, like a second later. So it's kind of impossible to know.
3: Yeah, and he went directly down the tunnel.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. So he- just because I didn't know, I knew he was gone by the second period because I'm like he he would have been back out by now.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's when altitude said he wouldn't be back. Was the beginning of the second.
2: Um, but yeah, yeah,
0: he hasn't been back since, and we have no idea when he will be back. And if you're saying day to day, you're you're being misleading. So please stop it. <clears throat> Later, Sam Girard yeah. is racing back for a puck that Mosier will tell anyone who will listen that it should have been icing. Um, and he catches LeBanc's stick in his skates and crumples awkwardly into the boards. Now he's out at least two weeks with a general foot, ankle, knee, leg thing.
2: LBI. I think it's another one I'd call unfortunate. I'm not going to say... <coughs> you know, that was super dirty, but it, it's a dangerous part of the ice. When someone's going back like that, but it, it is a play that happens a lot, a lot of times in the game too. Yeah, I I think
0: it's more reckless than dirty because that, that's a kind yeah. of play that has broken legs, but you're not doing it on purpose. It's just that you're not paying attention to where your stick is.
3: I I think it was a little more intentional than that. I think, I thought it was pretty dirty, but, um, you know... I, I guess I'll give him a little bit
0: of a, a benefit of the doubt. Well, Nathan McKinnon seems to have agreed with you. Yeah. And drops the gloves and fought LeBanc with just the deadest look in his eyes I've ever seen in my life.
2: <laughs> because he knows. He knows if Sam doesn't play in the playoffs, they're not going to win the Cup. Yeah. I mean, let's just be real. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he probably saw his chance flying away there. Which... I'm not anti fighting, you know. That makes a lot more sense to me than some of the staged crap. Yeah, that McKinnon, every once in a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, you hope it doesn't necessarily have to be him, but Right. he is that kind of player every once in a while. He'll. Well, the
3: thing was, he'll it was a fight one. between two skill players, and like LeBanc was basically playing defensive fighting. Like he knew that was just basically it had to happen because of what, ha- what had happened previously. So, and, and Nate wasn't really like Nate could have pummeled him I and mean, Nate could have really killed him, but it, it was.
2: I think the Sharks broadcast said that it was LeBanc's first fight ever. So it did it kind of look like it. it. Yeah.
0: Um, so.
2: So McKinnon you know, was okay, played the next game, you know, whatever. So
0: Yeah, it, it was a factor, fine. though, in him losing that shot on goal streak. He, 264 games down the drain. Because he spent, the like, six of the last seven minutes in the box. So,
2: But it's crazy that it even came to that. That <laughs> he was halfway through the third period without a shot on goal. Oh, uh, he was playing the he, setup, like,
0: man, all night long. Like, he had a great game, but it, he wasn't looking for shots. He was setting up He had uh,
2: one... Shot attempt,
0: didn't he hit he the did... post though?
2: Uh, um, that may have been the shot
0: attempt, yeah.
2: I mean, I looked it up, you had one shot attempt, so and it, I think it was even strength. So they had several power plays, you didn't even have a shot attempt on the power play, like that's strange to me, first of all. And second of all, yeah, you probably won't get a shot on goal if you have one shot attempt the whole game. <laughs> Yeah, so the reason that... Just
0: ask Martin Cout.
3: Yeah, the,
2: the,
0: the reason McKinnon didn't do a whole lot on the power play, and I, I said this on Twitter too, was that the ad strategy in this game was when Kale McCarr is on the ice, get out of his way. And when Kale McCarr is not on the ice, hang on, try to keep the puck until he comes back. Because McCarr Which was
2: is, awesome. It's part of that whole he gets pissed and he... he can put it in another gear kind of thing. Like he knew, and the Vegas game wasn't his fault, but I think uh you know he's at his moments defensively, so he wanted to prove a point a little bit, just good too,
1: yeah
3: now since since I scratched him, um you know he's he's definitely uh, I'm sure he's gone over video with the coaches and whatnot, and
0: he heard you talking you know, shit exactly. <laughs>
2: I wouldn't so, have scratched you, Kale. I would have gone that far.
0: <laughs> I just, I
3: expect a lot from him, you know, and I know it's I, something that, that he's, yeah. you know, he struggles with, and if he's going to be a number one defenseman in the league, then, you know, that that's that's something he's got to kick up a notch.
0: Oh, he did in this one. Um, also he did. Mosier casually mentioned in this game that Brandon saw it has a bruised foot. We hadn't seen him all week, and now we know why. Yeah. Well, no, I think he'd have more
2: he... than a bruise for them to say two to four weeks, but I mean, Maybe it's a really okay, bad sure. bruise.
0: Yeah, those, those bone <laughs> bruises. What, yeah. Once the foot comes out of the boot, it's not going back in the boot.
2: Yeah, I guess a bone bruise is technically a fracture. It's like a hairline. It's Technically, a fracture a, though, so it does need time to heal. It's a contusion
0: that 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 is a word that means bruise. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> We're all basically saying the same thing, yes and no. Yeah. But, um, someone said, someone also said, Mosier said he's out for the season, which I mean, that's like another semantic thing because there's two weeks left in the season, so yeah, he said, two,
0: right. someone put their own interpretation on that, he said, two to four weeks. Um, th- does that probably mean regular season yes obviously um, but when you say yeah. out for the season that kind of implies you're not going to see him again until you know much later right. right two to four weeks is first round of the playoffs hello That's, that does not mean out for the season yeah
3: and like the, I mean you could say that Sam's out for the, the rest of the season yeah
2: exactly so is this where we talk injuries. I know we wanted to have like a little. Sure, we can do it. Chat right about if it, you want or. To. Um, or do you want to get through the last game first?
0: Yeah, let's get through the last game because there's not that much to say about it. Uh, finally on Saturday, the Abs win a really loosey goosey and a weird one, four three your final goals from McKinnon, Rantanen, and Andre Barakowski and uh, Patrick Nemeth. What a shot! <laughs> Hello. <laughs> And Connor Timmons was, uh, gets an expanded role with the two defenders out, which he turned into assists of his own.
2: I was a little surprised that Net Myth had even had a goal yet this year. Like, when I saw it go up and I saw the three, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Wasn't sure. <clears throat> but it's not his first goal. Those happen, though, when you have D shooting from the point like that. Sometimes, sometimes they either bounce off the opposition or just find their way in so good oh, no, for him was
3: known, <laughs> that was, just was known to score a goal or two every year with the avs so
2: yeah that that, that one didn't even bounce
0: it was just a really good shot
3: yeah he stepped into that one
0: yeah this this game was just so strange both these games were kind of strange but this, this one was um, this one was weird and
3: one thing that was nice to see about this one, which hadn't happened in a long time, is they outscored the opposition at five V five, which had been something that you know they they'd really been struggling with and and they hadn't gotten a five v five goal from a a forward in I think five games or something like that. So um and again it's the Sharks and they're terrible, but you know, it, it this is stuff that they need to be getting better at and if you know, if you're treating these games versus the lesser teams in the in the West as sort of practices, um, you know, mission accomplished there.
2: Yeah, this one is a little bit too too much entertaining that it needed to be. They <laughs> didn't need to have the sharks within one a couple times. Um, we didn't talk about in the previous game about how Bednar preserved the shutout because he challenged uh offside on the sharks I was I think it was on their power play they would have scored and they had a really fluky entry and so then our challenge offside I think it was pretty obvious so it was a good challenge by him but nothing too, I guess yeah it was, was
0: <laughs> Oops, shit! Hitting bumping my microphone there it's a it was a clear but not out that actually did come out
3: right yeah Joe's you know got real close to clearing it, and actually did, and just didn't get called by the lines
0: right and and then we, we had to look at the same then. two entirely inconclusive angles for like three straight minutes on altitude <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, once the call was made, oh, now we can look at the blue line cam, which actually shows you what happened. Thank you, production. <laughs> we wouldn't want to spoil the ending. <laughs>
2: Yeah, at the time I was like, you know, I just I I admit I don't have a hundred percent grasp on all the particulars of offside, so I was just like, whatever, just. But Bener's usually hurry up and make the call. yeah, Benner's usually good about making a challenge when he's pretty sure, but he did not get it in the second game. Challenge for goaltender interference, which we've talked about before. He generally has a pretty good handle with goaltender interference. A lot of it has to do with jamming the stick at the goalie, which there was a little bit of that in this. But it was like a good second or two after. I didn't think he was going to get it, and he didn't. No. But it was a shorthanded goal, I think, right? It was a shorthanded goal, and then the Avs would have been back on the power play. Anyway, I almost want to say my theory is he just went for it because he was done with the power play, and they would have been four on four with the, the penalty for being wrong. <laughs> so they went 4-on-4 four four anyway, and it wasn't a big deal. It's also a little bit of my theory why he went for it, because it's like, ah, we're still just being 4-on-4. Four four. Just do it.
0: So the power play has been successful enough that it it's not quite in Glove the Faceoff territory.
1: Yeah.
3: If you're looking at the special teams as a whole, the the power play is propping it up
0: right um so let, let's have this injury conversation first before we come back to special teams because the avalanche have a pretty decent defensive lineup that are all on the shelf we went through this um in the pre-show it was eric johnson sam gerard bowen byram um, mcdonald and ryan graves and then you can just add whatever plus one you feel like to that and you've got a starting NHL defensive core. You do. It's it wouldn't yeah, be the best in the league, but that. it's a good one.
2: You could win <laughs> games with that defense. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's depressing. Like samping out is just pretty much like the last straw for my enthusiasm. Like it's it's already been killing me with Byram and just no Sam. It's just ugh. These last two weeks are gonna be terrible. <laughs> it's just, mm. I, I don't want to watch half these guys. It's just, it's not fun. And like I've said before, like winning is fun, and they probably will win against these two more against San Jose and three or four against LA. But it's just. I'm at the point. I'm at my breaking point at this, at this point. It's just, they need to answer the questions about them in the playoffs. We just need to get there.
3: Well, I think this is one of the biggest questions about them in the playoffs, is is being able to deal with injuries.
2: And that's true, and, too. Nobody ever promised full health for a playoff run, so...
3: Right. If they go. did, they're lying to you. Yeah. But the Avs just, they never get close. I mean... It, the series they lost against the Sharks was probably the, the healthiest they've ever been in the playoffs in, in, in this sort of iteration of the team. Um it's just it's it's really, really rough to see, you know, bad injuries happening like this close. Um
2: and then it's just you know, the and misinformation it, and you know, Ben he's not gonna give the lineup anymore, the starting goalie and it's it's funny because there's things you can do to figure that stuff out. Like but with them going on the road for five games, that that does make it a little bit more difficult because nobody's there, even though yes. I don't know what the the other team's media might be able to go to morning skate and things like that. But it's just annoying. And the whole like well, we're not gonna tell you the starter because we don't want our opponent to know, like that is not something that is going to change their game plan, really. <laughs> like They might go over video, like, this is what this goalie did. You know, shoot here on this goalie. They're going to go through that anyway. Yeah. And
0: These are playoff tactics that are useful in the playoffs, both to deflect media nonsense from your team after a bad game, and also to misdirect what you're going to do on the ice. The San Jose Sharks and LA Kings are not playoff teams. It is not the playoffs.
3: They don't care who the abs put on the ice. They're trying to get ready for next year. So they're, you know, they're making decisions about what their roster looks like. They don't really, the opponent is not of paramount importance.
0: So the question becomes, what competitive advantage where?
2: And I, I don't honestly feel like some of it is just to not tell the media. And and part of it part of it is because they have a group of people that really don't pay attention. And I think yeah, Gennar <laughs> gets tired of answering the same questions over and over. Like he visibly got annoyed with Ba asking the same questions over and over again. And if he's annoyed with him, then we're not even gonna talk about chambers data. But yeah. The other part of it is...
0: It's a good policy in general, so I'm fine with it. Is
2: ...is that they're, they don't allow a lot of access to begin with, and that that's not the media's fault. And I think, you know, what you're doing is you're punishing your fan base because there's, there's only so many ways to get information. And it's just, it's not fair. Like, I don't know, like, some of the injury stuff... It, you know, are they being vague because of the, the whole competitive advantage thing. But then they come right out and they say, Sam will be out two weeks, which if your opponent's going to care that's about that's not anybody, what he said, though. <laughs> okay, <laughs> two weeks, give or take, which is vague in itself. But why did he even say the two weeks? Yeah. When he calls everybody week to week, why did he even go there with the two weeks? Is it then, then you get into the whole, is it misdirection or? Is it because there's something wrong with him that's more diagnosed on a certain timeline? The other guys are more kind of like, you feel better when you feel better. You know, like muscle things you can't really put weeks on. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's it, better when it's better. Like I, I think the
3: very, the frustrating part of the injuries this year has been things like O'Connor, who I guess he went on the trip to St. Louis, or maybe he did, maybe he didn't, we don't really know. But, you know, he was apparently supposed to be close, and then... Oh, no, he's not close. He's week to week.
0: I mean, we were and under we... the impression that guy was done. And and then he was on the trip. <laughs> and and now he's done again. Like, th- this is what it's like trying to closely follow this team, and it's why I'm really getting sick of doing it.
2: It they, is. It's frustrating. They, they will be it... back
0: when they're back, and that's when you'll know they're back. And right. that's really and all not... there is to it. I I will spend my time on something else. I don't... I'm I'm not going to chase these rabbits. Right. And it's not like
3: Craig Berube going to game plan for Logan O'Connor. <laughs> you know, I mean, I like Logan O'Connor in his role, but it's just, it's not that important. It's not something you're going to spend more than two minutes thinking about if you're an opposing coach.
2: You know, I, his situation, I don't feel like his being is like bullshitting that much because... It's just funny how it's like, oh yeah, he's here. Like I, the last thing he told everyone is he was out long term, and it's just funny how Bednar says it. He's like, oh yeah, he's been skate with the group. He's here. It's just like, okay, where'd that come from? But I don't know. I, I feel like his thing was like a muscle injury to begin with, so it's plausible. You just he felt like he could go, and then once he started, you could say ramping it up to play, it just maybe it gave out again. Like I get that things happen. So if that just, just happened they, to him, They happen not... to
3: the Avs a lot more than other
0: teams
2: Yeah yeah, it's,
0: it's not O'Connor's situation specifically It It's the Long term pattern Of just getting yanked around with, the, with with Ever finding out what's going on with, with this team that we're trying to Spend our time paying attention to it's, And then you have
2: to beg people To ask questions It's just like And I get like Bednar's not going to give up give an update on certain guys every day which is fine but it's like once a week you need like a real update on these guys
0: we're like people ask for updates every day on the same players because we never find out what's going on with players Like you can get out ahead of that it's very very simple but instead we we have an organization that says well there's a game in 30 minutes so everyone turn on state run tv and pay attention to us okay the game happened an hour later please do not perceive see you tomorrow
2: Right, and I understand it's like annoying to bet Naren takes up his time, but you also have created that's the only avenue of information. If you put out your own injury updates, then you don't need to spend five minutes asking him about the same stuff over and over again.
3: But, yeah, I mean, they could do this through altitude in, in a very easy way. You know, it's like if altitude was allowed to disseminate that type of information in, in their pre-games.
2: Or Lauren could you know. give it out. Yeah. They've used her as more yeah. like an information person, so it's right. It's fine if it comes from Lauren. So just yeah. have her do it. She introduces yeah, they, the graphic
0: they... that has names and general body areas. <laughs> like you can just right. make that be a little bit less KGB.
3: Yeah, because I mean, they control that. It's it's a way that they can control the media. It, 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 it... It takes the pressure off Bednar to be the, you know, head surgeon. Um, <laughs> and so he can talk about what he wants to talk about, which is the game. Because, you know, I, I do feel for the guy because, you know, it's like he doesn't want to sit there talking about guys that aren't ready to play. <clears throat>
0: um, He just happens to be our only avenue of information at this point. Right.
2: Yeah. I and mean, it's not necessarily always about competitive adv- advantage. Like we just, especially on guys like Byron, we want to know what is wrong with him. Like he had COVID, you know, everyone's speculating speculate concussion, you know, like you, you have to say something a little bit more than that, than just like this guy doesn't exist anymore. Like, it's not about the game at that point. It's about like, is this guy okay? Yeah. And they just don't give a shit. And that it wears on you. Like part of it is a game and part of it is like, you know what? I can find out stuff, so I'm going to. But then it just does; it wears on you, and you know it, it takes the fun out of following this team.
0: Meanwhile, um, while Jackie is on her world tour of other teams' broadcasts, what what do you find on San Jose's?
2: Oh, in intermission, they actually play their AHL team like live. You can just watch <laughs> some of their game. I was shocked. Like I was confused for a minute because they play at the SAP center. So it's like their arena. And I'm like, thinking, like, what is going on? And you know, they have the exact same uniforms. And then I'm like, Oh my God, that's the AHL. Okay. That makes sense.
0: <laughs> live, live looking. In. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? Um, yeah. Live looking with your AHL club is amazing.
2: Right, which is cool for the people that, that don't pay for the AHL Live, so they could kind of see what it looks like, or, you know, that'd be nice for those people, but, you know, whatever.
0: And, <laughs> so- <laughs> I mean, it's not like they showed the whole game. No. You just checked in for a couple of minutes. It would be it would be cool for the Avs to check in for a couple of minutes of an Eagles game so you could see um, what, for example, Alex Newhook has been up to. Spoilers. Um... So before we get to Alex Newhook, is it even worth talking about the penalty kill again? Um, Because they gave one up on Monday that I thought was the single worst abs PK goal I've seen in a
2: long time. I guess it didn't leave that strong of an impression on me. So what was the worst about it? Now we've got to know.
0: Okay, so it took about eight seconds. Um, The St. Louis Blues did whatever they wanted with the puck, which included Ryan Graves and Tyson Jost, both chasing the puck to the point for some reason. Um, and whoever the other forward was, it was, may have been Comfort, but that may also be me expecting it to be Comfort. Just being like, oh, what's a, what's a cross-eyes pass? I don't really want to do anything with that. And then your, your lone poor defender in front is trying to defend two guys cause Graves has run far away and he can't do that. So the blues have eight seconds. They just whip the puck around exactly how they want and get a freebie from the crease. Like, give me a break. <laughs> They had a 5 um, on 0 power play is what happened. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it.
3: They they I don't know, it, compared to sort of the last month month and a half, they they did okay this week. Uh they were um 11 for 14. Um they've been they've been rocketing along at pretty much a you know, a 70% clip for a while. So
2: I think you kind of hope for better than 70, but...
3: Yeah, a lot. That's not going <laughs> to win any games. Yeah, like, you need that, to be, like, 80. 80,
2: yeah.
0: 70 is going like to flame you out of the playoffs.
3: Yeah, like, 16th in the league is 81%, so...
2: Yeah, <clears throat> bare minimum.
3: Yeah, I mean, it for, for the last... It, it, starting from about April 1st, the Avs are 30th in the league on PK, as far as straight-up percentage.
0: Your your penalty kill by definition will will never win you a game, but it'll sure lose you a game.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, it's happened. <laughs> yeah,
3: and especially since they've, they were, they were going in a slightly lower penalty tempo for probably the first third of the season, and it's you know it's gone back up to kind of where they've always been, which is a you know, high event penalty team. So it's like, once you start getting more and more penalties, both for and against, it's like your special teams become more and more relevant. And then, you know, it's like the PK is getting more chances to, to lose you games.
0: Um, well, you,
3: can it's, can't... it's not something they can control because it's like it, when they play the way they do,
0: they're going to draw a lot of calls mm-hmm. and they're going to get a lot the other way. Because of that, yeah, you can't draw a penalty without then taking a penalty later, which is why, like, it's, right, it's it's so funny to watch the Avs get like an early five on three, and then you you know the the five on three is coming for St. Louis later, and sure enough, they sure get it,
2: and that yeah, I think that's the reason why it makes last so week. more important to score on your power plays in the playoffs, because you know everyone you get the other team's gonna get.
0: Yeah. The uh the, the the single biggest predictor of uh how many penalties you draw continues to be not how much you have the puck, but how many penalties you take. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, P- no, I mean P- the and, and the abs MS. are pretty consistently
3: positive, but it just no one is gonna be like really, really positive. It's like this week, you know, it's like they they had sixteen power plays and fourteen kills. It's like it's gonna be in that range it's never gonna be that far apart
0: it's like the league doesn't want anyone to have the opportunity to say that they the, the officiating is biased against them but that's that's really how it feels sometimes which will stop no team or or any or fan base from making those arguments especially the yeah. ones that are situated some to the north of Colorado and wear green colors <laughs> Which one are you talking about? I. Ah, which one, indeed. Um, so Alex Newhook got called up to the taxi squad today. Where did that come from? What are the Avs seeing from his first program games that made them decide this was the move? And when do y'all think he'll play? I think
3: a lot of it depends on, you know, any future injuries or whatever. Like they're, I, you know, I, as far as forwards go, they're they're not in any trouble. Injury wise, you know, it's like the defense has been decimated. But, um, you know, whether whether right. they're going to make room for them, you know, that's that's kind of the question, or whether they're going to wait for someone to get hurt, which you know could happen tomorrow.
1: Um,
3: well,
2: I think a lot of this has to do with timing. So, if you look at the last couple weeks, the Avs and the Eagles basically have two weeks left of their regular season, and both are on the road this week and weekend but are at home late next week but bednar also talked about this rule which i don't believe they've adhered to but might factor (laughs) somewhat into their decision making that if a player has been on a commercial flight which the eagles take then they can't be called up until seven days after that commercial flight so they returned from tucson last sunday so that this sunday would be like the seven day clear for them and then you say but jackie they called up guys all this week and like we, we won't talk about that it's to <laughs> not why to everybody you know? i don't I,
3: I don't think it matters for the taxi squad um, but they they have violated it for calling guys directly up like Renoff and and things like that. Yeah, Dan
0: Renoff <laughs> played on Saturday. That was that was the thing that happened.
3: Yeah, Kyle Burrows did too. Um, but going back to Newhook, um, he he's you know he's done really well down there. They have him as a featured guy on the power play. Um, their power play is was good before he got there. It's still good with him there. Um, he's had five goals in eight games, and along with four assists, so you know he's producing.
0: AHL so. wise, how good of a clip is that? Because my instinct is that's a lot of points for the AHL.
2: It is it, like it's good. AHL's, lower <laughs> sp- AHL's lower scoring than NHL, so like over a full season, like f- a forty point season for an AHL player is like top tier. So. Yeah, when you're talking about a guy that has almost 10 points in his first less than 10 games, that's really good. I will say though a lot of the production is from the power play.
3: It is it. for sure.
2: So, you know,
3: 3 of his 5 I... goals are on the power play, so, you know, that that's where it's come from, but you know, you got to put the biscuit in the basket.
2: And yeah, he's really good at it. He's really good from that left side. He steps, he takes a couple steps in from that left circle, and he can just put the puck where he wants to. So, the interesting thing is, I I see a lot of speculation he's going to play on like the second line. I don't think that's going to happen. Certainly, they view him as more important than say like some of the other guys they've called up, Coud, et cetera. So, I think that they want to utilize his talent. But I mean, realistically, what he can give the abs right now is going to be on the power play. So, yeah. if they put him in a game, you pretty much are saying, I mean, you have to say, you're at least going to put him on power play two. Like, power play one is unrealistic, especially since McKinnon's on that left side. But on power play two, you should absolutely use him there. And well, if he I, can do that in the NHL... At BC, at
3: BC, he played in the bumper role. So, you know, they might be thinking about that. I don't know.
2: I, I, I doubt it's going to happen on Powerplay 1, though. Right. I don't know. I think I would use him on that left side where he's had success as a pro. So, I could see him on, like, the fourth line, and everyone's going to hate it, and it's going to be gross. But... <laughs> If they use him on the power play, that's basically what we're using him for. Because to be honest, I don't know that he is quite ready for a big role five on five and defensively. Even though yeah. they seem not really care that much about defense from their call ups, but um, when that that's the problem is when you look at straight up at points and you're saying like, oh my god, he's already dominating, and it's like. Yeah, it's been a really good start, but he's not dominating five-on-five. Five. So, basically what I'm saying is you have to be real about what he can do. And, hey, if he's a weapon they're using on the power play, that's great to me. Because, like I've said, I'm concerned about it drying up in the in the playoffs. And if you have a guy like that that you can roll out, maybe even when it goes stagnant on power play one, and get you goals, going to win you games. But... Um, the timing is interesting because it's a five game road trip, so he's there for the whole thing and and you're taking him away from three AHL games, which there aren't that many left, but you know, it's a it's a conscious decision because if you were just wanted to test him out maybe a game or two, you'd wait till the end of next week when you're basically not locked into having him around for basically almost like ten days. So I think he will play. I think they kind of like when they took out on the road trip, they they took him because they were committing to playing him. Now the thing is, like we said, there isn't a real it'd be easier to see if there was like an injury or somewhere that they needed a guy. I mean, maybe they take Sherwood out, they like him in his role, but he's the easiest guy to take out because otherwise then you're you're talking about NHL regulars. And as much as that we could come up with an argument that he'd be better than Comp for Carl, Cadre. <laughs> <Audrey. laughs> it's probably not going to happen. So that's what I'd look for. I, I don't know if he's necessarily going to play the first game, but Benner's been pretty consistent with. It. If they've made the decision to look at a young guy, he doesn't really wait either. Like if they're there and available, then just put him in, see what happens. So I would not be surprised if he plays in the next game.
3: Yeah, I'm interested to see how he reacts to the, the better structure in the NHL as compared to the AHL, because some of the problems I've seen with him um, defending in the AHL have to do with the chaotic nature of it. And, and you know, honestly, college is, is fairly chaotic as well, but um, a lot of times you see guys look a lot different when they come to the NHL, they're both good and bad, uh, just because it's it's a lot more structured a lot more predictable. Um, and some guys, you know, can figure it out quickly and, and be able to use that to their advantage. So you know, that that'd be nice to see.
2: My comparable for New Hook is Duchesne. I think that's a fair expectation. I'm not saying it's gonna be like Duchesne from day one, but probably whatever level defense you think Duchesne had, I think New Hook could have that level of defense. I also think that kind of production, like some people are thinking like an eighty point guy. I'm not quite there, but, I mean, Duchesne was the best player on this team for at least five years, so. Which which was a low bar <laughs> at the time. Yeah. But I think it's a pretty fairly lofty comparable, too. Oh, yeah,
0: it's a good comparable. Because, I mean, Duchesne was always a 50-60 point guy when there was, like, three 80-point scorers in the league any given season. I mean, yeah. I, like, not, like, you don't have Connor McDavid putting in a, a goal and two assists, you know, twice a week.
2: Right when Jamie Ben won won it <laughs> with eighty some points, mm-hmm. but um, so yeah, um, so it'll be fun. At least the the anticipation of New Hook playing does bring a little bit more interest to this week. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, because yeah. we're
0: kind of to the to the dog days of this schedule. Um, for for me, I don't I don't think we'll see New Hook on Monday. I, I I'm uh, but from just kind of based on some of the things that y'all have said about. You know, Bednar not wanting to wait around. like those. Are, th- that's a true statement for sure. Um, but I don't think it'll be Monday because he does like to give them, you know, an opportunity to have some kind of, you know, gel time with the rest of the lineup first if his hand isn't forced. So I'm thinking that maybe on Wednesday, maybe they'll have, like, you know, some, some time on Tuesday to do whatever that gelling work is. And then New Hook can make his NHL debut on, uh, you know, on national TV.
2: There you go. That's that's a fair argument for that too. I in, think I in think the middle of the fair. night, so maybe not the biggest stage ever. Ever <laughs> ten thirty game.
0: Woohoo! No, that Monday's ten thirty.
3: Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, Wednesday, that's right. Wednesday's it's nine thirty game,
0: which yeah. is you know got to get up early for that nine thirty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. It's it's a little bit of intrigue to a week that has very little of it. Yeah. yeah, we don't know I mean, who I... went
2: on the trip either. We don't know if any of these dear departed souls have been reincarnated and can come on the trip or not. I guess we'll see.
3: Yeah, I mean, basically, the there's one meaningful game left for the Avs, um, and that's the the last one against Vegas. And, and we don't really know if that will be meaningful or not until we get to it, but... Um... You know, you've got they'll
2: want a good people. showing either way, even if right. Even but, if but I mean, like meaningful
3: as far as, as whether they'll have a shot at at yeah. number one or whatever. Um, but it's you know, other than that, you've got four against Los Angeles, and then these last two versus the Sharks, and so you're, you know, you're looking at a lot of games where you're you're obviously trying to win and stay competitive in the race for the division title. But you know, you're you're trying to fix things. You're trying to get guys set up for the playoffs so there's going to be that element to it
0: because the picture right now is that there's a little bit of of daylight between vegas and colorado um so we're we're kind of like on target to face the minnesota wild in round one um and as we're kind of looking at ending this season out there's the back-to-back coming up this weekend there's the back to back to end the season the following week. So with with Grubauer coming back and immediately pitching a shutout but saying that he felt rusty about it, like I mean, you could kind of see that cuz San Jose is pretty awful. Um that he could yeah. he could still manage a shutout with with some help from video review despite, you know, the rust. So him getting, you know, probably five of these last seven games would be a would probably be, you know, the best situation to get him tuned up for the playoffs and good to go.
3: I don't know if he'll play that much.
0: At, at, at <laughs> least four out of seven.
3: Yeah, it, it all depends on what's relevant and what's not. Like you'd think, like the last two against LA, he's only going to play the probably the last game. Um, he'll play against Vegas, <clears throat> and then we'll see what what he does this week.
2: Get, Probably, yeah. He'll get one
0: of the other Kings games, too. Yeah. So there's three by default. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, it gets back to kind of what we said before about keeping the other guys going, and they did send Johansson to the Eagles for one game, um, and it was just, it was last night, and it was because both teams were at home, and I knew the the moves they made this week were kind of temporary like the ones that they made before the road trip were ones you you have to live with for whatever happens in five games. Yeah, so right. like, like was
0: this a paper thing? Like cuz they made a couple of transactions and and one of them was to get Renouf on the roster and uh I don't remember if they had to make one to get Burles on the roster or not. He may have already been on taxi.
2: Yeah, he w- he was already on the taxi squad, which but Like, they, I
0: they moved Multiple goaltenders around, and I,
2: I didn't understand
0: the, any of it.
2: Yeah, the weird thing is, is that they sent Johansson to the Eagles, and then they called up Werner. But uh, which okay makes sense because you you send the Taxi Squad goalie down, you need to bring up a goalie for the Taxi Squad. But then they also called up Miska to the Taxi Squad. You don't need two Taxi Squad goalies, so that's oh, kind of when, when they did need to...
3: four guys on Taxi Squad.
2: Well, yes, I think that is ultimately what the issue was, is that basically the Avs cleaned out the Eagles of the guys they didn't want playing in that game, which is why you had Nick Henry and Beccione up because I, yeah. God, I mean, I'd love to know if they even ever came to Denver or if it was just like a just. Hang and I don't
3: know. Nick Henry got home. Nick Henry got sent to Utah today, so that's kind of weird. You could oh, <laughs> go from the <laughs> NHL directly to the ECHL, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> which they need. They need another forward because they're taking Newhook. Okay. Anyway, so them calling up two goalies was got my little tinfoil going, but I agree with you. That's probably what it was. They were just pretty much taking every single guy they didn't want playing for the Eagles and put him on there. But when you have a game, you don't necessarily have to have four on the taxi squad, because there have been several game days where they've had three. But, you know, that that's definitely getting into the weeds. It's just part of trying to figure out their process. I am surprised they only have one extra defenseman, which is Gilbert.
0: So... <laughs> Who they do not want to play. They are I they're mean, desperate not to play. They will trade for Patrick Nimmo to not have to play him.
2: <laughs> at the, I mean, at this point, it's like either him or Middleton. I, you know, I guess Gilbert's a better better choice. But if they truly have not brought any of these broken defensemen with them on the trip, they only have one extra for five games. That's so, plenty. <laughs> so, if,
0: so if anything has happens to happen, you're gonna have to stick somebody on a flight. You and, can't. you are not allowed. And you're gonna five have five to...
3: defensemen injured. I mean, it's like, like who's gonna get <laughs> injured now? I mean, who...
0: well, do, do not manifest. Do not say any names. <laughs> um, but they can, they can charter a flight, and they may be left with no choice.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
2: Perhaps the other thing is that the Eagles are going on the road is starting on wednesday so they would have a flight on tuesday so then if anybody goes on that commercial flight on tuesday technically they should not be allowed to play for the abs but that rule only seems to apply when they feel like having it apply so that is correct well
0: that's that's how like that's how they announced it at the beginning of the year (laughs) it was like all right when you come from the ahl to the taxi squad you it must take a week or of you know it, I don't, it wasn't a week of quarantine, but I was like, you can't have had public travel for a week, and then everyone said, rabble, 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 and they said, asterisk, sometimes.
2: Well, the taxi squad was supposed to be to kind of like, have extra guys that have been in the NHL environment, that have only practiced with your guys anyway, in your protocol, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It was supposed to prevent guys from going back and forth, like, the the taxi squad was always supposed to be the next ones in line because they were ready. And then if you have injuries and you use guys from the taxi squad, then you backfill and you have a few days to get those guys ready. No, that's not how it worked.
0: Not here. I didn't. You just
2: have certain guys that you're required to keep with you, which may, or not, may not be the ones that you want to play. Because a few weeks ago, when they called Sherwood up directly from the AHL, they had forwards on the taxi squad that were readily available, and they did not play them.
3: But one was Mika Salamaki, so I'm glad <laughs> that didn't happen.
2: I think it was back when they had Tynan and Drys, which I don't disagree. Nobody needs to see them in the NHL, but it's just hilarious that they had been with the NHL team for like three weeks, and they couldn't be the ones that were used. They yeah. had to use a guy yeah. that had been in the AHL that had played in the AHL. So if you care about transmission at all, you know but whatever that i've that's just i've said, said that. unintended
3: consequences takes over all legislation
0: <laughs> right i mean like you know
2: it,
0: they're, they're using the taxi squad to stuff guys instead of to
2: basically you know, yeah be to be prepped fulfill the the requirement so they did not bring a lot of extras they brought new hook and magma and gilbert and, and then i and JoJo, and then I guess they do have one extra between O'Brien and Sherwood, so I guess you could say they might have three extra forwards, one extra defenseman, and then the the one goalie, obviously. So That's kind of what they have. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that's what they have for these whole next five days is that's who's going to be left if you need anybody. So stay healthy.
0: <laughs> the the, name, of the, sh- but that's the name of the show, ways.
2: in all caps, yes. stay healthy. Yes, <clears throat> just get through these next two weeks.
3: Well, nobody got hurt last night that we know of. Yeah, well, that uh, we know
2: of. A lot of our this year have not been of the left the game variety either. Right.
0: <laughs> or, well, Nuke, or if they Nuke, do, they just disappear, like O'Connor.
3: Well, Nuke left for a while after he fell over the blue line. And I was a little worried <laughs> about that, but he did come out for the third.
2: They have called a few guys. Uh, they are not called. I don't want to say called up, but they have put a few guys on the roster. Like Sulamaki was actually on the roster for one of these games. The I it was either the Monday or the Wednesday game. Like on game day, he was on the roster. The only reason why he would do that is because if someone is a late scratch, you that's the only way that you have like another player to use. Yeah. So there's um, a few guys that have been iffy that we we are not aware of,
3: and it's weird too because they've generally gone heavy on defensemen on the taxi squad, and now it's you know kind of not that way. So you it'll...
2: can't go on a trip with one extra defense. defenseman. So I feel like somebody's available that we don't know. But who? <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun in finding out. Manifesting
0: I mean, like Bi- Bo
3: and Byram. I was um, gonna say, is is Byram on the trip?
0: Mac on the trip. I mean
2: if I had to pick it's <clears throat> probably McDonald because what the, even
0: happened to McDonald? Did we ever just, find out?
2: Uh um, he hurt himself training during yeah. the pause. Yeah, but like it's an
0: LBI. Okay, so we, we know a direction. There's a south engine. Yeah. Okay. This freaking So scene. perhaps
2: I as much as it would make my heart Overjoyed if Byron was the one that was suddenly alive.
3: Yeah, Can you imagine not. that? Seeing number four on the ice for
0: warmups—that's oh. <laughs> well, uh. w- that's when you'll find out, not a moment before. Nope. Let's do uh, let let's do our stars and scratches for the week because there's uh, I think there's gonna be a good amount of both. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to go oh. first?
2: I don't know. Everyone was terrible at at some point.
3: Yeah. I'll start with Timmy. Um, I, I think the last two games again, and yeah, it's against the Sharks, but um, he's he looked comfortable doing his job for probably the first time um, since he's been with the Avs, and, and his job being being an NHL defenseman. Um,
2: well, the puck movement's always been good with him. I just still don't love his defending. Uh, and I know that, like, everyone has their moments. But he's just still not great on the boards. He's still not great in coverage.
3: No, but when, they, when the abs are able to, you know, have the shot differential that they, they have had against the Sharks, um, they're not playing in their own zone a lot. Like, they didn't spend a whole lot of time in their own zone over the past two games um so you know consequently that makes Timmins look better um
2: and yeah and the stuff that he's just... good at at the puck moving he's he's good that's at right. making quick pass he's good at the outlets um, well
3: I, I think it's it's getting involved with the offensive play because that's kind of you know that's the dessert he never got for all the meat and potatoes he he had to endure <laughs> um in the early part of the season it's just he played game after game after game and it just you know, he was never involved with the offensive play. And that's, you know, that's kind of why he's supposed to be in the lineup. And it's like, now that's paying off. You know, it's like the the trip down to Loveland, um, you know, he was more offensively focused than, you know, maybe even last year when he was playing well with the Eagles.
2: Well, and... it's also a function of having to play more minutes too, as you're out on the ice with better forwards and not just, consistently having to generate with the fourth line and stuff like that.
0: And and right. given the opportunity, he took it and did well. Um yeah. and, and he gave gave Peter Baugh the a quote that he felt like he was more confident as well. So it uh it definitely did show in his game.
2: Yeah. Well it is nice to see somebody that's not like the all the other bums. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> you just get you can only see so much replacement level, right? Yeah. I I like when we are not bums. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? God, I don't know. We even had like a great week. Uh, I don't know. Can I give it to Miko? Yeah. <laughs>
1: He should.
3: I mean, it's I like he only played Mico half the games, so... but still he I was know. a big factor. Still a Mico top scorer. So
2: <laughs> 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 he comes back and gets 3 points and yeah, one of them was empty net goal, but he's he's earned those too. It's just like, ah, uh, we needed those.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, he had 10 shots on goal in two games. I mean, it's like, do you miss that? It's like Berkowski, it's like, it's not like Berkowski's taking his place. It's like, you know, someone else is entering the lineup on the fourth line that's not doing quite as well. And that's, that's basically he's replacing Miko. So it's like, you are adding 10 more shots.
2: Pretty much. He's just so good. <laughs> he's just, <laughs> Yeah. You just need that guy. And he might not even be quite firing on all cylinders, and he's still that good.
0: And I'm going to kind of stay in the same theme of didn't play in all the games, but made it very clear how missed their presence is and give mine to Philip Grubauer, who comes back from the COVID list and just casually records a shutout in B D. It's uh <laughs> just just watching that game is just it's amazing just to see how much the team missed having a goaltender who is, you, you know what you're going to get and you're not terrified. Cause yeah. I think that,
3: I, I think that honestly carried over into playing in front of Dubnik last night. Cause it's like, you get your confidence back. Cause it's like for so long they've been playing like, Oh my God, it's like Jojo and Dubnik are behind us. We've really got to buckle down and play defense and not really go for it offensively. Um. So it, I I think there is a carryover, you know. Once you get Groovy back, it's not well, just playing in all... front of them. You remember how to play, you know, dominating hockey like you were.
2: It's kind of all part of the same thing where <clears throat> they also just had a game where they played their game again. Like they just came out and controlled the game, controlled play. That you need those reminders, like, oh, okay, yeah, we can still do this stuff.
3: Yeah. That's why I'm saying, like, these games against San Jose and Los Angeles are really important at the end of the season. You know, and Los Angeles is a really tough team. It's like they're, you know, they're not gonna score many goals on you, but they will play really heavy defense. Yeah,
0: you're not gonna I mean, score many goals on them either.
3: Right. So it's but it's like this is this is the stretch where you need to get your confidence going into the playoffs. And the I mean,
2: Sharks had won games. Like they had just beat Arizona, like they weren't they're not doing the complete Anaheim. We're ready to go. They've they've had their moments where they've they've been tougher. They they suck. But yeah, their backs <laughs> the are clearly better. I will definitely say that. But they have lost to this team too. It has happened this yeah.
0: year. Yeah, they've lost to every team they've played.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the NHL. It happens.
0: <laughs> so who <laughs> wants to? who wants to be the one to scratch nasm kadri <laughs> <laughs> i think bednar took care of that cuz i don't i don't feel like doing that must... dis- explanation this week
2: <laughs> i almost say he's like he's too easy to scratch i don't think anybody should get off that easy
3: <laughs> one thing all right like obviously he hasn't scored in in months but you know is this a function of age is it a function of his role is not something that is that really fits well with the avs or is, you know is it just a bad slump
2: well i think it is some of all of it like like i've said before it's not just all about points right like he only gets paid 5 million dollars for a reason he's not miko He's not a point per game player he's going to be streaky but His problem early in the year, he was was just terrible defensively. Like he was a liability. He might even lost them games, and that's been more (laughs) my he like he did early in the season. He was so bad. They they lost games because of it. I don't think he's been quite that glaringly like. Okay, Nas made these turnovers. We got these goals against, and we lost the game, but. But it's still part of, like, it's not just about the production. It's not just about if he gets a few cheap points, sure, that might make the confidence come back and and help him, but just get, if he gets on the score sheet here and there, it's not like, oh, okay, we can just move on. It's like the mainstream media just looks at, okay, who hasn't scored an X number of games? That's the guy we're going to pick on. Like, if McKinnon goes five games without a goal, it's always, you start hearing, like, those, the guys from the news oh mckinnon hasn't scored and it's just like oh my god it's just about so much more than that
0: it's Like he's got 12 assists in that span y'all shut up
2: <laughs> but well, it's I interesting it, it's a good um, point because i think bednar is getting very frustrated with him and does he have a, a fit on this team like they would need a real second line center if they're going to win the cup and He's never been the most century kind of guy to begin with and it's like when his game goes away he just can't provide any of that.
0: It's just And that's yeah. a big problem. It's confusing to try to figure out what changed because when like in his first season in Denver he was a perfect fit. And and this season we we pair him up with Brandon Saad on the second line and Saad takes a couple of weeks to adjust and get going. And Kadri takes the entire season to adjust and get going. Like, what is different?
3: I I do think it's part of it is what Bednar is asking him to be, and it's it's something that he's really not done that much over his career. Peter Ball asked him asked Bednar last night. You know, what did you see from Nas tonight, and and is it sort of a sign that might be hopeful? And and, you know, Bednar was still fairly noncommittal. He was like, Nas made some good plays and you know, did this and that, but, um, you know, it, it still sounded like he wanted to see more as far as what, what he does away from the puck. And I, I, I do think that's sort of where he's, he's going to have to step up his game. And and hopefully over the, the last bit of the season, he does that. Cause they really need a second line center that can produce and, you know, play a two way role.
2: I think if they ever had any better option, which is not like you can just find a second line center lying under a rock.
3: Well Newhook's so a second line center. <laughs> anyway,
2: <he's> like, <laughs> hey, if they put him there and it works,
3: then how awesome yes, would that be? <laughs> that would solve
2: a million problems, but not count on that one. But I yeah. do feel like if they had a truly a better option they would move on from him. So
3: yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but that, you know, this is definitely a conversation for after the season's over, but I'm sure it's something they'll think about and evaluate heavily at the end of the season.
2: Yeah. He's, he's going to have to, he's going to have to find it soon because he, he really needs to do something in the playoffs. And, I think he will, he is a streaky guy, like he does get his chances,
3: yeah, I mean, had, what like fourteen game winning goals during last year's playoff, so
2: there's a lot of around the power play, but yes, yeah, so
0: <laughs> those those matter
2: too well, the 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 drop off is all at even
0: strength, I mean he's he's played forty nine games this season and last season he played fifty one I just pulled this up while we were chatting, um, he's got ten goals this season, he had nineteen through fifty one games last season, oh. and uh. On the power play, Call at
2: even strength, or yeah, both? At, at,
0: this the difference is at even strength because on the power play he scored four last season and has three this season. Mm-hmm. Like he and then the, the in man's the playoffs, shooting I know. the man's shooting worse than he has shot since 2016. So that is that is part of it. Is there's some there's some variance going on there with his shooting percentage, but then you also come back to the, that same old question of how much of that is the quality of the shots he's getting and and blah blah blah. And Uh,
2: his shooting percentage has fluctuated in his career. Everyone's everyone's does, but to to go go from
0: 15 to 8 to 14 is a pretty wild swing.
2: Yeah. And this is why, I'm
3: like, he's 30 now. I I wonder, like, what is is he starting to fall off a cliff or something?
2: I just don't think, I don't think they're gonna keep him so it almost doesn't really matter.
3: (laughs) Well, it matters for the next, you know, two, three months, hopefully.
2: Yeah, and next year, like they're not just gonna get rid of him to get rid of him. Like they'd have to upgrade one way or the other to get rid of him, but I don't know, just does the team need more out of a second line center than what his game is. I think they
0: would like more. I think the fact that they're, you know, at the top of the league in their in their standings points makes us wonder whether we're a little bit spoiled here and trying to ask for more than we really need. Right. Like it, you
3: know, when the, when the Jost, Nechushkin, Donskoy line really first started getting to go, it's like, you're looking at that, like that's perfect for a third line, but it's like, you can't take that and make it a second line and, and have your lineup work. No. Well, yeah,
2: that helps too. getting more from Jost and being able to play the line more. Definitely.
1: Yeah.
3: But it, but it's like you need a transition between that line and the three headed monster. It's like you need a second line that is either more shut y or more offensively gifted. And it's I think offensively gifted is kind of what we're looking for. But it's you know, the way the abs play, Badnar always says it's like your offense starts with your defense.
0: So who else are we gonna put on the scratching block? Uh,
3: god who did i hate this week besides burrows um burrows only played one game so i really can't i can't kill him for that
0: oh he's like the (sighs) 12th defender on the depth chart so
3: yeah i just i really hate him
2: (laughs) (laughs) can't stand him Man. Middleton's worse, but well, Middleton's only skill
0: is sitting on the goalie. <laughs> <laughs> he did it twice I in know, one I... game. Like what happened? <laughs> How?
2: I know we're splitting hairs at that point. Yeah, I know. Which age hold defenders worse. Like, what just why does this happen every year? Why? And it's like, oh, we had injuries. And it's like, why is this your your only option. Like it's always like, whoa, we had no choice. We had injuries.
3: Well, I mean they do have five injured defensemen. I mean, they're, they're gonna be <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel here.
2: And and
0: most yeah. of it is freak stuff. Yeah. Except um, for EJ,
3: we knew that was gonna happen before it happened.
0: <laughs> well I don't I mean, we knew something was gonna happen eventually. I don't think we we thought he was gonna take a general head face <laughs> arm shoulder injury. Yeah. By landing on the whole area. Um, but nor was it a surprise. No, no technically no. Um, <laughs> if if you're looking for which defender were, caused your eyes to cross the most this week, I, I don't think Patrick Nemeth's goal is quite enough for him to escape mine. That's,
2: you know, I think that's fair. I, I think it's fair to say every defender had their bad moment. Yeah. But Nemeth... It is a fair question of should they have gone there. And I and, know and if you're looking at it, like we're saying, there's five defensemen out. If, if it wasn't him, then we, what would we be doing looking at Middleton? I don't know that he's that much better than like Pattern was. I mean, I'm not trying to say I love Pattern, but if you were just looking at an NHL experienced guy that could take up a few minutes and go on the penalty kill, they kind of already had that dude.
0: Yeah, I mean, Pattern's an NHL seven or eighty. right? I and I think with
3: Pattern was so bad defensively,
0: though. That's why he's not a, a starter. Yeah,
2: I mean, we're comparing him to what, like guys like Middleton. I don't know. It's I just,
3: I, I think Nemeth looked better against the Sharks, obviously, because that's just what you do. Um, <laughs> but you know, I I, think... I, I do think that that he. You know, it's a big jump going from a team like Detroit to a team like the Avs. I mean, they're obviously opposite ends of the spectrum.
2: It just you know, looks like, like De- we're Detroit trying Detroit shoots
3: to... like 2%, and it's just... You know, it's just, they never not, win.
2: Detroit might not even be a bottom 10 team when it's all said and done, which is kind of crazy, believe it or not. <clears throat> There's some bad teams. There yeah. are. And so Detroit's been comp- competent. They're not good, for sure but there there's been worse teams this year. Uh, it just feels like they thought they were getting maybe a borderline 5-6 or at least a very solid 6 and I don't think Nemeth should play if they even get close to healthy. Mm-mm. And would they be willing to do that? Would they be willing to admit it and sit him and just say, "Hey, you know, he's NHL depth if we get injuries in the playoffs, then it's him instead of Middleton." And then you'd say, "Yeah, that that's a good call but should not be <laughs> able to force force him into the lineup he's not fast enough he doesn't have enough puck skill like the team has evolved past what he could give and well, the tough they-
3: thing is is like he- his clears and like I don't like I don't hate if he ices it you know it's it, it's you know it, it's infuriating but when he when he gets those chips that don't make it out of the zone and they're five feet short you're like don't do that
2: or just barely make it to the (laughs) neutral zone like Renouf did that last night it was like no we don't do that here we don't chip the puck out yeah
3: well it's like in like you do not want to turn the puck over right at the blue line i mean that's just like the worst place to do it it's like they keep giving up goals doing that Right, it just like sit on the puck or do something, but it's like either ice it or, you know, <laughs> do something besides chip it right to their defenseman at the blue line because that's
0: exactly where they want it. If you ice it, we're gonna roll our eyes at you. If you turn it over, the the knives are coming out. Like there's a there's a there's a tear here.
2: Like at least try a stretch pass. Sometimes like all the good D do, do it, and sometimes. <clears throat> It doesn't work or whatever. It doesn't connect and they ice it. Like, okay, yeah. whatever. But at least you were trying to accomplish what the abs do. Like that That's the reason why they are this team that has this sort of new style and it, it starts with your defense. And I, I get a lot of that is not available and you you're, you're going to have to win games a different way, but Turning the yeah, clock. So they, back. they put a
3: premium on exiting the zone with possession and entering the zone with possession, and it's like, and for good reason. You know, the chipping and yeah, then chipping and punting and dumping is something that you you kind of want to, you know, put maybe do third this- or fourth on your list of things I can do.
2: Right, and absent no other options, okay, you got to do what you got to do. But when they do have options, you really have to think about it.
3: Yeah. And I I do think like I I I have seen evidence that he's like making some passes now, and it's like it, <laughs> you know, I, again it's it's just it's 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 a totally different ball game for him. So it was going to take a little while for him to adapt. And you know we're seeing the same thing with Carl. Like I was ready to throw Carl off the bus last week, but you know it's like <laughs> Carl's he's, he's, been like,
2: okay.
3: He's been really slow. Um, <laughs> But it's, you know, he's, he, Carl is is smart enough that he has a sense of where he needs to be. And, and he's getting better and better in that with, with the abs system again. So he's he's not infuriating much.
2: I would like to see a little bit more offense. I think he did have an actual assist this week, though. So it's encouraging.
3: Yeah. And again, he's playing with Nas, so. <laughs> <laughs> sort of the garbage line, but.
0: <laughs> so so since we have such a wealth of options and none of them particularly stand out, um, can we just scratch Pierre I, Maguire and move on? I, I,
2: I will make a, a, if Earl can be tough on Kale, I'm going to be tough on McKinnon. Is, for not I getting think, a shot on goal no Here. no and it's it's a streak whatever oh, know, 15 games in a row and he was like the star of April whatever like this isn't saying oh you have to score like McDavid or you're not good but they need more for him you can't have a game like he played in St. Louis and just not give a fuck I don't care it I, like there are reasons there was excuses it wasn't just him but you can't be that guy and be the best player on this team. And I think in general, like the production's been there, obviously. Like he's McKinnon. He does a lot of good stuff. I just think he can give more. He can take it up a notch. He can be better. And he's gonna have to find that gear for the playoffs.
0: He he deserves to catch some hell for that game in St. Louis. Um for like that that was just a, a big, massive blinking sign.
3: But... And I'll have I'll have one more posthumous scratch for the Liam O'Brien experiment. <laughs> yep, um, that,
0: that works for me. And I'll yeah. and I'll have a, a posthumous honorable mention star. I could I, why don't I even just say posthumous. I have such a headache. Um, I'll, we'll have an honorable mention star for Kale McCarr for just rocking it for the last two games.
2: That works. Yeah
0: coming up this week, get the coffee pot out, because Colorado are headed to California. Two more games against San Jose. First on Monday at, oh yes, 8.30 Mountain. And then again on <laughs> Wednesday, that one's at 7.30 Mountain, and I think it's the late game on NBC Sports. Please, no Pierre. It sure is. My family are dying. Then on Friday and Saturday, it's a pair of 8 o'clock starts in Los Angeles against the Kings.
2: Yeah. This is going to be a week of you waited your whole night and you're like, God, this game sucks. I waited yep. all night for this and this game sucks. Which is like me watching the, AHL all the time. You're not waiting Why until ten
3: I... o'clock like I am.
2: Why did I look forward <laughs> to this? I'm gonna watch it that late though. I'm not the next night. So I will be watching at ten thirty. Um
3: well, the, the LA games I will be watching live probably.
0: This is going to be I a real good week to turn the game on your second
2: monitor and play video games. <laughs> I don't think the NBC game is exclusive, however. So sorry, my fellow Coloradoans, but we're still screwed. Um, well, I hate to say it, but I was right last week, fortunately. What was gonna
0: happen? You remember last week? I have no idea what I predicted last week. <laughs> I, sa-
3: I said I, th- I thought they'd win three, get three, three. I can say that win three games as usual.
2: I said they'd lose to Vegas and St. Louis, and you guys said no because they haven't lost three in a row. And I said, "Welcome to adversity." And then they lost three in a row. But I did say they didn't win the San Jose games, and they did. So I was one hundred percent correct. And yes, that's me patting myself on the back, but I usually am not right on these (laughs) predictions. (laughs) Um, God, you—they have to win three out of four, right? I mean, it's just unacceptable
3: if they don't losing to San Jose is unacceptable.
0: Well, they're going to do it. They're not going to beat them four times in a row.
2: They can beat LA four times in a row. Well, I guess it's not in a row, so I guess
3: the. I'll I'll pick him to to split. I'll pick him to split with LA. I I just see. I mean, we kind of watched what the Eagles had to deal with with Ontario, and Ontario does play a pretty good approximation of of what the Kings do, and they, you know, they really stifled the Eagles bad. So um, that's what we're going to get there. So I I, I think a split would be fine there. Maybe I'll call an OTL loss. I I never call OTLs. Um Yeah. Call I
2: points. think I think they can beat the Sharks again, which I know I always say that it's so hard to beat a team that many times in a row, but I I think they've they've solved them pretty good. And I agree with you that LA might be a little bit tougher, plus it's on a back to back, so one of those they might have to start another goalie and, and, and then, drop that game. And then all
0: bets are off. <laughs> um, so yeah, San Jose stinks, but there's a reason that almost no playoff series end in four games. As I drop things that I'm fiddling with, it, it's just really hard to win four games in a row, period. And it's even harder to do it against the same team all four times. So if and it's Colorado, it's really hard lo- to
3: do it without Sam.
0: Yeah, if Colorado lose this week, I think it will be one of the San Jose games. I don't have a strong feeling on which because that would be weird. They're pretty much the same game. I mean, you
3: got to figure Gruby can beat them, and Dubnik is a toss-up.
2: Okay, so you- do we think Gruby's going to play every game except for the back-to-back? No. I wouldn't yep, be
0: surprised so. since I since he does still seem to need a bit of a tune-up after his COVID break. Um, I, I, so I I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know if that's what they'll do.
3: I, I I think he'll play tomorrow and not Wednesday.
2: I think he'll play every day but Friday. That seems the most logical time to sit one, not play Friday then play Saturday.
0: I think we are when is, uh, the, hmm? when is the
3: vegas game monday Mon- next week monday, monday?
0: yeah okay I, I mean it' friday could, into monday saturday know? into monday it's <laughs> really the difference that i mean it, he could he could start every game this week but he won't but he could i don't know it depends on how he feels because he he comes out of that shutout and tells us in his first star interview that he felt rusty, so he apparently needs some can, needs some time to get his ice legs back. Um, so yeah, who knows?
2: All right, y'all. is JoJo pretty much like the f- taxi goalie at this point? Do you think they even try him? Or are they? No, I think he's done. He's kind of the extra. The only in case of bad things. hmm I could see that. Th-
3: like, if he'd gone there and, and... If he'd gone down to Loveland and, and had a shutout last night or something, they might be like, "Yeah, let's get him one more game before the end of the season. Just in case.
2: That is not
0: what happened.
3: But...
2: No. It's never I mean get- always on fully on the goalie in the AHL. It's just... It's not. <laughs> like... Right, they they have to put up with a lot of crap that goes on in front of them. But yeah, you you wanted to see a little bit better than that.
3: Well, and it's just if if the Abs defense is decimated like the Eagles is like is unfathomable. I mean, and then they're missing Clerman too; who got hurt. Who? So it's like they.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's too
2: bad, though. So but it, but we did get to see Justin Barron. So yeah.
0: Well, plus, Nate yeah. thinks Dubnik's been awesome, so... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just hate those forced quotes. It's just... God, every team does that. Okay,
0: y'all. I'm gonna take my very large headache away from the show now. So, thanks for taking with us. Whatever happens will be talked about in the future at a normal time because we're off on Sunday again next week, so... That's when you can hear from us again. Yeah. See you later. Bye
1: scores. scores. to
2: be it. But, you know, asking. Yeah, like
3: Lauren punted so bad on Nate's questions last night.
2: <laughs>
0: that was I can't horrible.
2: do altitude anymore. Whoa, so what Like what do you mean? What question?
0: She she gave him weird ones. Yeah, like at the 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 first star interview. Yeah, so the way that she usually goes is she tells the first star that they're awesome, and then asks how they feel about being awesome. (laughs) Last night she didn't do that. She was like, first she actually asked a question." Yeah, Nate was like, "Wait, what?" She has an actual game-related question, and then she asked about Dubnik, which was maybe the most awkward thing I've ever seen. It was like, okay, the, the fans are upset about this trade. We need to make Nathan McKinnon say it was good. <laughs> and
3: he'll be the like, that's
2: was... why I don't do these interviews.
3: I loved during Nemeth's interview when Scott McDonald asked nemeth about himself but he meant to say timmons (laughs) (laughs) okay i missed that too it was great
1: (laughs) you're just like what